your blood runs orange and blue. Orange and blue. blue. This, this is the pod, is the for, you. pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Just kidding. I love the Knicks. That's what James Dolan is saying. What's up, guys? This is EJ Stewart joined by Tommy Beer. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast and Odyssey WFAN original. We have plenty to talk about on this episode. We'll be talking about James Dolan backtracking from his comments about not having joy, not having fun in owning the New York Knicks. Now he says, I love owning the Knicks and I'm not selling the team. Do we believe him? We'll discuss. Also, is there optimism that an Emmanuel quickly extension could be around the corner? One of the uh, beat writers for the Knicks says that he's hearing that there is hope and there is a lot of uh, excitement and the optimism is there that a deal can get done for Emmanuel quickly to remain a New York Nick and some familiar voices could be joining the MSG booth. We actually just heard them in the NBA finals just a couple of months ago. So we'll give you all that and plenty more right after this. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones. Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So as I said, it's EJ Stewart, Tommy Beard. This is Orange and Blue Bloods. And Tommy, a lot to get to on this episode. But how are you feeling uh, after this uh, weekend of football action where your, your Lions got back on track? Great weekend of football. Put the smack down on the... The Falcons. It's, it was weird. Like it was, it's rare that I've, you know, in years past that I've gone into a game confident, but I really, there'd be a good 
team this year. They want to be a great team. You can't lose back-to-back home games against beatable opponents. Um, and the, the defense really stepped up the D-line. So, yes, even though it's been feels like it's been raining for about 70 straight hours here in New York. It's crazy. Um, we had uh, a great weekend of football from, from college on Saturday and, and the pros on Sunday. And um, Lions getting the W, fantasy teams won. So, yes, a good weekend all around. Tommy says it feels like it's been raining for the last 72 hours. For Jets fans, it feels like it's been raining since Aaron <laughs> Achilles, to be honest. We're being real. It's been a dark cloud hanging over our heads pretty much since Aaron Rodgers went down, and that continued on Sunday with a pathetic showing against the Patriots. So I'm not doing well when it comes to my football team and how things are going, and I know that for many Jets fans are struggling. My teeth are still intact. I, I have not spit out my teeth. Uh, like a gentleman that was at a uh, MetLife Stadium yesterday, I got so angry at what he was seeing from Zach Wilson that he actually literally lost his teeth. So it hasn't gone that bad, but it has been a rough time for for the. Why haven't they brought there. in? They, obviously, Wilson is not the answer. So why why haven't they brought in a backup? I guess to to make Wilson feel better, as if he's not having competition. Is that the explanation? I that, really that, think that it's pretty much a thing where they want to they really want to see this zach wilson thing work and they feel like if they brought in somebody that's going to be him looking over his shoulder that in their head they feel like well we may never know how he would have played if we really embraced him as the guy it's it's insane it's totally idiotic to continue to move the way the jets are moving but look if you want to know more about again your boy ej hosts the show i mean i talk about the knicks but then I have the Jets to worry about. I have the Mets to worry about. So not a lot of joy in my life when it comes to sports uh, with the teams I root for. But, yeah, it's a tough football weekend for Jets fans. Great weekend for Tommy. Our producer, James, got his uh, Bucks playing later tonight. They're 2-0. So everybody else has a winning record on the podcast except for my guys who dropped to 1-2. and two. But, again, this is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, an Odyssey WF in the original a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Be sure to hit the auto-download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. And also be sure to check us out on YouTube where you can catch the full episodes and clips from the episode on the uh, WFAN channel. So let's begin with James Dolan, who is uh, backpedaling uh, much like a, a sauce gardener would when it comes to uh, uh, his comments about owning the Knicks. So uh, he spoke to Barron's uh, this week, and and he basically wanted to clarify things. Um, he said uh, in this article written by Barron's quote, people misunderstood my comments to the Times. I love the teams and enjoy being the owner-manager of them. There's absolutely no thought to a full sale of the teams. So when Dolan previously in the week had talked about having no joy in owning the New York Knicks or the Rangers, that uh, you know, he kind of loathed the fact that most fans kind of seen saw themselves as pseudo owners and pseudo general managers, and that he, he basically called it kind of a boring kind of existence, uh, a sleepy economy to be the owner of a sports franchise. He he, he casted doubt that maybe he wanted to continue to own this team for much longer. And I said on the show that I think that this was the soft launch of him. Uh, putting out there that he may want to end up selling these teams. Now, here Dolan is saying that uh, that is absolutely no thought, he says. So I asked Tommy, before we even get – well, no, I asked you first. Do you believe him? Do you believe that that he has no thought of selling the Knicks, despite what he told the Times? Yeah, I think he's obviously considered it. Any you know, any person with a, a entity that valuable, and it's you know whether he whether he's going to say how he loves it. He didn't quite say that, but he didn't. He said, "I don't really hate it. 
Um, you know, it's 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 clearly you know not his life's calling. You know, it's not. It's it's certainly not something. It seems like he overly enjoys. As we talked about, that could change. The Knicks start winning, and, and the Raiders right. do well, etc. Um, but I, I think, in, and even if he had considered it, I don't think he's going to sell anytime soon. Um, but it's you know it's uh, you know we know this from you know we talked about fantasy football. If you're looking to trade your wide receiver, you're not going to say, "Listen, I desperately need a running back. I got to get rid of this guy. I, <laughs> yeah. I have way too many wide receivers." So just give me you know you know no, I wouldn't trade uh, Justin Jefferson for all the world. You know whatever the case might be. Um, so you know it's smart businessman understands. I'm sure he talked to his lawyers. I'm sure he talked to his PR people. Um, you know, number one, let's walk back this. Woe is me. Uh, I'm the billionaire, you know, owner who was gifted the Knicks and the Rangers. So feel sorry for me because sometimes people say mean things to me. Um, so walk that back and then walk, you know, where, you know, I could consider selling the team, that type of thing. Let's make it a, you know, an, an un, you know, commodity that's just unavailable to even the world's wealthiest human beings, um, you know, yeah. a priceless uh, entity, if you will. So I, I think that's probably a little bit more of that involved in the in the situation. Uh, as you mentioned, just just try to do the, the PR thing and then and, and kind of walk back some of those comments. Yeah, I think. Look, the, these. People who work at the Times are extremely talented reporters, and I think that they probably got James Dolan very comfortable in their in their setting. And Dolan, as we've seen in previous interviews, for someone who who claims to loathe, I don't know if he claims to loathe the media. I don't know if he said that publicly at least, but for those who acts like they loathe the media, I think he does enjoy talking to people. I think he does enjoy actually like talking about like himself and just like how he feels. I I imagine when you're someone as rich as he is and as powerful as he is, you probably don't have many very trusted confidants that aren't people who work for you or people who are asking you for something or whatever. So I get the impression that maybe he got extremely comfortable with the Times reporters. Not, I don't see, I don't want to give him the credit of saying, oh, he didn't realize he's on the record. I think that that's, he's smart enough to know that. But I think he got very comfortable. I think he was being honest and he got caught saying something maybe a little too honest. Um, Look, I, I've I've said long time, and I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I don't think this thing of James Dolan, old Knicks, is just like a like a it's just an infinite kind of thing. I do think he's gonna sell the team at some point, um, and I don't really buy that it's not going to be. I, I, again, I said I I gave you ten years. Yes, last week I still would go give that as kind of like a, a benchmark number. That I think ten years, I think we'll see Madison Square Garden, not the Madison Square Garden, but I think the Knicks owned by somebody else, maybe. He's not. He's never get a match with her. I think the showman itself, the showman in him, won't ever allow like the entertainment aspect of the Garden and Radio City and all that stuff to ever leave his grasp. But I do. I think the sports aspect of that, he's not. He's not an athlete or anything like that. I'm not someone who's grew up in running a basketball teams or hockey teams. That aspect, I don't think he's gonna keep forever. So I do think that he will sell. I don't really buy that he's never thought about it. I think he, he absolutely does. Uh, he has, but but yeah, that's that's what I would say. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of it probably will depend on the short near middle term. Here is how good, how uh, financially uh, successful the sphere is out in Vegas. They sunk a, a ton sure. of money uh, into that project, uh, you know, in the in the billions range. So, and that's uh, what that's why he did this interview. It was supposed to be, you know, yep. mostly I think about the sphere. Yep. 
Yep. Try to pump out some, some, uh, you know, get, get that kind of on the map for people. So I don't know what that looks like in terms of profit and loss, et cetera. I have no idea what they're expecting and what the expectations are, et cetera. Um, but obviously you invest that amount of money. Um, we'll see, do they get the big MMA fights? Do they get the big boxing matches? Do they get the, uh, you know, an all-star game? You know, so something along those lines. Um, obviously, uh, you know, that that's, that's what they're looking for. You get a big arena, um, do they get, um, you know, do they get the Taylor Swift show when, when she comes back to, uh, comes back stateside? Um, you know, do they get, I guess they're in-house, you know, they're, they're kind of people. So I, I you know, well, that, if that is a huge money-making endeavor, you know, and, and you know, and, and, and the Knicks bill you can make from the Knicks is, is changing the couch. Um, we'll see if he considers selling it. I guess a lot of it probably depends on his children. I think he has five boys. I think he has five sons. Um, so are they, in, are they interested? Is he going to, you know, you know, hand right. it down to, uh, the one thing I didn't understand was the sleepy part of owning. traditionally owning a sports franchise is the, is if you have the money to put up up front, you are going to get, you're going to make 300, 400, a thousand yeah. X of down payment you invest. Um, I assume at some point that has to slow down, but, um, you know, you look at the NBA friend, the, the, the costs just years ago, 10 years ago. 15 years ago is astronomically a, a, a sound financial investment. Obviously, the issue is coming up with the 500 million. You know, now you're not, yeah. now you're talking crazy just to get into the club. But once you're in there, you just sit back and get high off the interest because the the, the money is crazy. Yeah, I. It's funny when I I took the sleepy comment to basically be him saying, "This is not like it's not risky. Like it's not." Like, oh, I think okay. if you are like a businessman, like there is, I, right, I think right, these guys right. get like, I want to high and saying, oh, I'm investing in this and we'll see what happens. Whatever. Right. I think it is all a thing right. as you mentioned, where it's just like you throw the money in and it's like, all right, now I'm printing money and you're kind of just done. Yep. And I think for him, yep. he's probably upset about that. He's probably like, this is, this is like, you know, uh, a thing that doesn't do anything, you know? So, so yeah, it's, it's, it is interesting. Again, that's it's a perspective I would never have. Like, again, the idea of like owning an NBA team being described as sleepy is just like crazy but i've never been a billionaire who owns Madison square garden who has basically the world at my fingertips for him i guess it is so yeah i mean i think with dolan it's so it's just i just he, he just has this like impetus to like need to have to have to be in the spotlight and like it's funny for like again someone who has everything like he did not have to say any of this stuff at the time he could have told them no, I only want to talk about the sphere. That really was his only, you know, goal. And and you know, they, they could ask him questions. He could say, ah, you know, I'm good with the Knicks. I don't really talk much about that. Or like, you know, team's doing well and I'm fine with it. But it's just again, there's something again for someone who claims to like not enjoy media. There's something about him that I think really does enjoy getting his word out, getting his feelings out, getting his thoughts out. And then we end up getting here, and it ends up causing distractions. But I will say this: I feel like I don't know how you feel, Tommy. I feel like this. It feels like this group, the head coach, the players, the front office, it feels like this group is, has handled like Dolan's eccentricities, maybe the best I've seen of any group yet. Like maybe, maybe Garg, maybe the Woodson, Grunwald, right. that, that they handled it pretty well. But it just, it just felt, it felt like, like Mills and, 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 and what's the name were just like deer headlights. It felt like almost like Phil Jackson kind of was just doing his own thing. It was, there was no, there was no consistency amongst like, you know, top down what the Knicks direction was or what their philosophy was. It just feels like now Dolan can do these things and it almost seems like it doesn't really impact in the way it, it used to. 
Yeah, I think uh, to his credit, Dolan, you know, finally got the memo uh, and stay out of, you know, stay out of the basketball affairs. You know, obviously the mellow decision and the rumors and that it, it's, you know, the Kyle Lowry trade that didn't happen because, uh, you know, Dolan put the kibosh on it because of the Bargnani trade that got screwed on. So, um, you know, he finally said with it, it started with Phil Jackson. You know, he said, listen, I'm just going to yeah. hear here's the keys. Um, please don't crash the car. Um, and, and Phil Jackson crashed the car. So he got took the keys back and then gave it to a you know to to, to Perry and Mills for a little while, but um, yeah now with Leon Rose he obviously has a you know a, a true you know established professional you know tons of experience in the business of basketball, um, and he's obviously done a good job thus far. Um, you know, it's hard to, uh, you know, there's certainly, you know, it's more, you, you can have some quibbles with the, the Leon Rose, um, you know, uh, some of the decisions they made trades, et cetera, signings, um, that, that, that haven't quite worked out, but looking at the big picture, the Knicks are in the best position they've been, um, you know, certainly this, this century, um, which says yeah. a whole lot and they're trending, continuing to trend in the right direction. And you mentioned there's, and a lot of it has to do with continuity and, um, and, and, and all sides kind of being aligned. That, that's, that's never perfect. We know about the Tibbs didn't want Cam Reddish and Leon Rose did, or, you know, the front office did. So there's, they, they haven't been in lockstep completely. Um, but make no mistake. Um, there was decisions to be made right around the last couple of years was, do we tank and do we kind of, you know, chase Wembayana, you know, and, and yeah. all these draft picks, especially the Scoot Henderson Wembayana draft, um, Nick said, no, we're hiring a win now coach and we're going to get win now players. They've been firm on that uh, uh, kind of that that direction, that that path they've chosen to go down. Um, and they've been steadfast in that direction. The good news is they haven't, um, uh, you know, wavered. You know, that's what, kind of where you get in trouble. That's where you line, land in like the 12 seat area where you're not good enough to be good, but you're not bad enough to be bad. Um, and the and the real credit for the Leon Rose in front offices, they've managed to walk this line while also protecting their future first round draft picks uh, and their young players. Um, you know, so they and they, they've made some good draft picks late in the late in the in the first round. Um, obviously with Grimes and quickly, Obi was a misstep. Um, again, they haven't been perfect. Um, but listen, the Knicks were, you know, made it to the second round of the playoffs last year, Have don't have a single player in the roster over $30 million, have all their own draft picks, plus three additional future first rounders. Um, so like we've talked about for the last, you know, six, 10 months, um, uh, things are, are trending in the right direction. So you have to give the front office a lot of credit for that. And then, uh, you know, to be fair, you got to give the owner, the guy who put the front office yeah. in place, his respect and his credit for as well. Yeah, and and the reason why I highlight the way they've handled Dolan is because I remember when Dolan came on WFAN, and I think he even kind of mentioned it briefly in this interview. You know, in WFAN interview, said, you know, my only gripe or not my only you know rule for Leon and the team is, hey, you know, you have to listen to me. You don't have to do everything I say. And I think here he kind of mentions that, oh yeah, they they hear my advice, or whatever, but then they do their own thing. It feels like, again, like I had imagined like Dolan kind of giving his input on things and him maybe saying things that would make very little sense. It's got to be tough to be like, OK, thank you. And I'm going to ignore you now. So, right, right, right. I, I, again, that's why I give them credit, because like I think other owners like I mean, I think we know Isaiah Thomas struggled with it mightily during that time yes. for, for James Dolan. Um, I, I know Donnie Walls essentially got thrown out of the way during the middle trade stuff because, you know, he he couldn't kind of keep that middle game of placating Dolan while also keeping him to a distance. So I think uh, we talk about Leon Rose's background as an agent. And I kind of wonder if 
him being able to kind of massage Dolan as a team owner who probably has it as a instinct to want a medal, but also, you know, reassuring him, Hey, like everything's fine. We're doing everything right. And so far it's been a great manager, but yeah, we'll continue to follow, I guess, uh, the future of the Knicks and, and whether Dolan is indeed as invested it's, it's staying as the owner, as he says here in this interview. But I do want to move on to one of the burning questions uh, heading into this season, uh, which is uh, what will happen with Super Stub Emmanuel quickly. So IQ is in the final year of his contract and is up for an extension. Talk has been mum on any progress regarding a contract extension. But according to the Athletics' Fred Katz, there is hope that a deal will be reached. Katz did an article uh, today where he talked about the several interesting questions heading into this next season, and one of them being the Emmanuel Quickly contract situation. And this is what Katz says about it. Quote, based on conversations I've had with people in the know, there's optimism that a deal can get done. There's a 24-year-old who is already one of the team's best players. He's coming off his best season ever. Chances are Quickly will continue to improve, even if, uh, he would have stagnate. He'd still be among the league's best bench weapons. Uh, later, you know, at other parts in the article, he mentioned how uh, there are even questions around the Knicks as to what the hell happened to Emmanuel quickly during the playoffs. A guy who was, as he mentioned, a, a an absolute, you know, force coming off the bench. It, it just He just could not get it going at any point. He was not good in the Cleveland series, not good in the Miami series. And then he got hurt and then he was essentially done for the playoffs net. Uh, Tom Tibble actually lost confidence in Emmanuel quickly during this playoff run. So regardless of that stuff happening, there's still hope that the Knicks will get a deal done with Emmanuel quickly. I want to ask you this, because I don't know if we really talked much about this aspect of the quickly deal. Do you think a deal has to get done before the season for Emmanuel quickly? Uh, I mean, te- technically, no, I'll, I'll kind of cop out and give a technically no answer because okay. he's still going to be restricted at the end of the season. Um, and if you want to, again, that's the, the purpose of the restricted rights. That's kind of the next leverage yeah. in, in negotiations is, listen, we love you. Um, this is not a reflection of you or how we feel about you. You know, that that whole thing. Um, we want you here desperately, um, but your agent's not really working with us. So, you know, we're going to keep you, you know, we're just going to push, kick the can down the road. Um, yeah. Next summer, you know, we'll have a little bit more flexibility with free agency. We can sign some free agents and then ink you to an extension, um, which can, you know, we can get creative with the salary cap. You know, we have, we have that, that's, you know, the front office is, is keen on that. Um, so, you know, that, that's why I will say all hope is not lost for um, Nick fans that desperately want to keep uh, IQ in New York. Um, that being said, I think at the end of the day, this deal gets done um this this summer i think prior to the start of uh, you know in the next okay. month or so um we're recording on monday afternoon um the uh, season opener is one month from today october 25th so um you know i think uh, uh quickly has until october 24th at you know midnight or noon or so, something like that mm-hmm. i think i believe yeah. the extended deadline is the day before the start of the, their season or it's the start of the regular season and there's a there's two games that are played on the uh, 24th so maybe it's the 23rd um either way the the reason I, I think there's and I think most we've kind of assumed that there is reason for optimism because the sides aren't too far can't be too far apart I shouldn't say definitely aren't yeah uh, the only way they'd be too far apart is if 
quickly says, I'm not signing an extension. I think I'm a max player. Um, right. I think I'm going to average, you know, I, I saw what Jalen Brunson did. You know, you, you've talked about it before. Um, if I'm not, don't have a roadblock in front of me. I feel I can, can be one of the 10 best, 15 best starting point guards in the NBA. That, that, it, that translates to a salary of $28 million a year, $30 million a right. year. So I want a four year, $120 million contract. Um, if that's the case, then then that's the case. Then the Knicks' hands are kind of tied in some respect because I think you have to draw a line in the sand somewhere. I, I Again, as we've discussed, I think the Knicks will probably initially offer somewhere. Like I thought the R.J. Barrett, I thought there could be a wide gap between what yes, the Knicks were willing to offer definitely. and what, you know, and, and, and R.J. saying well, I want R.J. was signed for, yeah. I thought that like that could that was a reasonable, you know, outcome, a reasonable possibility. They just couldn't come to terms. Again, with quickly – um, does he think he could probably get more money if he, you know, if, if he was a starter somewhere else? Uh, probably. Is he going to be a yeah. starter in New York? Probably not. Um, that being said, he seems to embrace his role off the bench. It's going to be opportunities for him to start games because of his versatility. They can start him at the two. They can start him at the one. Um, he's going to get plenty of playing time no matter where he is. Um, and, and from a Knicks perspective, you having players like this that are really – uh, impactful on both ends of the floor. The Knicks have trouble shooting three pointers. They, you know, they have trouble stretching the floor. Yeah, one of their best three point shooters. Um, he's the best point of attack defender. Um, you know, so you have a your your ability to put him and Hart and Robinson on the floor at the same time. That's like three levels of defense that are very important for Tibbs. Um, the plus minus numbers speak volumes. Um, he has one of the best plus minus numbers in the league. Um, among all players, let alone bench players, since the start of the prior season, so for the last two years. Um, so all that being said, I think the Knicks initially proposed like a four-year, $80 million contract, um, you know, quickly counters with a four-year, 110, you know, and they meet somewhere in the 90, 95 range. I think that's kind of where it gets ironed out. Um, yeah. maybe, the, maybe the Knicks, you know, dig their toes in and say, listen, we can't pay a dime over 85 and quickly says, yeah. I'm not selling anything less than 95 or hundred, whatever the case is. Um, it's feasible. It's, it's certainly a possibility, but both sides are taking risks there. Um, quickly in that, let's say not only, you know, could he play poorly, you know, this upcoming season, we know that injuries, nothing's guaranteed. Um, there's all that stuff to get factored in. And then on the Knicks side, does he, re if he does break out, um, or continues to play well. All it takes is one team with cap space next summer yeah. to make an exorbitant offer that needs a starting point guard, um, and then you have to match, and you have to pay the equivalent of a start, two starting point guards, um, and, and that's something that the, the Knicks will be hesitant to do. So I think both sides are motivated to get something done, um, and I, I expect, uh, you know, gun to my head, I'd say there's probably like a 75% chance somewhere along those lines that, that, that a deal gets done. Yeah, I think with quickly, it's it's interesting because as you mentioned with RJ Barrett and several other players, and we talked about it on the pod before, like you know, we kind of make the jokes about oh, this Knicks thing being like a family, whether it's the uh, right. you know the Fast and Furious family or the you know mafia type family, but like the fact that Leon takes care of all his people, and like that is essentially has has been the case, like even. With RJ Barrett, which again you thought maybe would be the most contentious negotiation, it seemed to be very little contention at all when it came to that. Uh, I think with Mitchell Robinson, where even though it wasn't a uh, extension, they weren't able to extend him. He goes free agency, signs in the next in the first like twenty minutes of free agency, he's back with the Knicks. Like it, whatever, like the situation comes when it comes to protecting their own or keeping their own. Uh, Julius Randle, his first contract extension. 
Knicks seem to be able to just get these deals done. They're relatively team friendly, and then they just move on. For all the things you mentioned, or which are things I mentioned on the show, it feels like quickly could be the one that would you would think maybe be the most wiggle room and work most kind of like dicey situation where if hey, if Emmanuel really looks at where his where he's at in his career and says, like, I'm not gonna start with the Knicks as long as Jalen Brunson's here. And if I don't start here, then that caps how much money I can make in my career here. Like just backup starting point the backup point guards don't make. $150 million a year. Just, they don't exist. So am I happy with that? Do I think I can do more? When you consider how well he played as a starter, I would maybe think he's had to at least thought about the idea of maybe wanting to be a starting point guard somewhere. And, we, and we've and we seen in the NBA before, it's not just about money all the time. It's not just about being winning right. and in the right situation. Right. With Jeremy Grant, left the Pistons, you know, went yeah. to the Pistons just to be the man, you know, basically exactly. equivalent money. Um, but you know, listen, that's a player's prerogative and, and I quickly doesn't seem like that type of player or that type of guy, right. but, um, it's his prerogative. It's his choice. We'll see. Yeah. So if he decides to make that choice, that's where maybe we're just actually where maybe he does ask for a certain number and, and the Knicks have to then start to really get concerned about, do we give him this number or do we just risk it in restricted free agency? Hope that no one else gives it to him. So like, I, I think for the Knicks. Here's the reason why I think they have they really do have to sign him before this season. And it goes back to Dolan, quite frankly, because it, it feels like when Dolan and the Knicks have had issues with guys and giving out contracts and trying to resign them. And if there is an extension situation where they can't get it done or negotiating thinks it's going to go one way and it goes left. I mean, Dolan's been he's jumped in and said, you know what, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And we saw that primarily with Jeremy Lin where you had a contract that they thought was going to be a certain thing, became something else, and Dome's like, it's not worth it to to bring this guy back based on not getting him the number we thought we were going to be getting him at. I would wonder if IQ really does play hardball with the Knicks and decide, you know, I'm going to take this to restricted free agency, and then there is a restricted free agency offer that is exorbitant. I don't know if Dolan would sign off on IQ getting $110 million or $105 million. Like, I, I don't. Uh, that would be the maybe the line where Dolan steps in only because we know how James can be. We know he can be um, a very tough, sometimes sometimes a little vengeful businessman. And that would concern me a little bit. I think if they could just get the deal done, not to worry about restricted free agency, not to worry about other teams getting involved in negotiations, they could just keep it to IQ and the Knicks, I think everything goes fine. If it becomes a thing where it gets to free agency, restricted free agency and – He's talking to other teams and Dolan then talks to kind of peek and see what's going on. That would then concern me a little bit about uh, IQ and whether or not he's able to remain in there. Yeah. Listen, there are a couple different ways where, where things can go sideways here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how IQ handles it kind of, you know, on media day or content day as the Knicks call yeah. it next week. Um, does he, you know, that's what they call That's what they're calling it. Content. I didn't even realize that. They, yeah. That in last couple of years, they, 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 oh they mentioned that, which is ridiculous. Um, I, I assume they'll do it this year. Maybe they won't. Um, actually, the uh, Greg Schwartz, who was the head of VP, I just sent Nick's an email the other day, and I got it out of off. Um, uh, no longer with the company, so they're going to have a new uh, PR person kind of handling the day to day stuff for the Knicks. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if they if they've um, made it public who they've hired, but it'll be interesting right. to see. Um, we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I you assume IQ will say the right thing and play the company yeah. line and next question it. Um, but, you know, maybe he comes out and says, listen, I, I think I deserve this. I think I'm worthy of this. Maybe that causes a little bit of drama. Um, we'll see. 
Um, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But again, um, the, the one card the kind of Knicks have up their sleeve is listen, if you know, we, we you know, this is not the last year that you know, we basically control, um, right with the players. So that's that's something that the Nick fans should at least feel confident in. Yeah, the Emmanuel quickly uh extension will remain a storyline until it eventually gets done or something else happens. I hope yep. nothing else happens. I want a man quickly to remain a Nick, but the position he plays, the positioning he has on this team, I think this makes this a little different than the other players that Knicks have had to re-sign and bring in back to the fold, whether it's Randall, RJ, or Mitchell Robinson. So it'll be uh, definitely an interesting situation to continue to follow. Okay, so some so, some familiar faces and voices could be joining Madison Square Garden's TV booth this season. So according to the Daily News, NBA TV sources say MSG Network is considering adding Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy as fill-in color analysts for some road games as Clyde Frazier scales back his travel schedule. So Dan Lewis says the former Knicks point guard and former Knicks head coach are among several names being considered. The two formed a trio with Mike Green that called the NBA Finals and some of the biggest games on both ESPN and ABC for pretty much uh, more than a decade. So when they were let go this summer, came with a lot of disappointment from a lot of fans who enjoyed that 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 three-man booth of Breen, uh, JVG, and Mark Jackson. And now that three-man booth could potentially be uh, a, a fixture of MSG televised Nick games this season. I mean, it sounds kind of unbelievable, but it, this is what is being reported by the Daily News. So, Tommy, would you be on board with uh, Jeff Van Gundy and or Mark Jackson joining the broadcast team? Yeah, I've never been a big Mark Jackson fan, um, but he would be an upgrade over like the Wally Zerbiaks and the other guys that they have filled in for, um, you know, Walt on the road in the past. So uh, I'd be cool with that. I'd love to get Van Gundy in the booth. Um, obviously, we know both of those guys have a great rapport, um, you know, with Breen. They've got yeah. decades working the biggest games in the, in the sport um, the, the last decade or so. Um, so that wouldn't be an issue. Um, you know, you know. Breen would love to have it. Maybe there's a little more um, fun that they could have on MSG broadcast. My thinking, however, was, um, you know, circling back to Dolan, um, would he be okay with, you know, Van Gundy's never been shy to kind of get after guys that they're not hustling people that are, um, you know, not playing up to their level that they should. Um, Would Van Gundy be, uh, would Dolan be okay with Van Gundy um, kind of being critical of the Knicks at times on the air? Also, they have there has been a beef between those two dating back to Van Gundy's exit, um, you know, 19 games into the season, you know, 23 years ago now. Um, has that hatchet been buried? Um, you know, Van Gundy never, you know, I, there's been some talk that he was interviewed when the Knicks were looking for head coaches, um, but that never really seemed to gain traction. So is that a Dolan kind of top-down thing? Um, we'll see if that's uh, if that's the case. Yeah, it's, it's the Jeff Van Gundy angle is, is the one that, is interesting given how things ended with him as Nick's head coach. Um, given how, as you mentioned, Jeff will get after guys who aren't playing hard, poor coaching decisions, like, and that's what makes him one of the better in-game analysts we have uh, in the NBA. Why he was so successful over there at ESPN, I think it's something that Knicks fans would absolutely crave to have an analyst who will bring that kind of honesty to yes. their broadcast. And Clyde's great, and and. I think Clyde's a little underrated with how he gets after, gets after like 
the Knicks, he does it more, I think, as a team when they're playing very poorly. He'll get after them, say they're, they're right. not hustling, they're right. whatever. He he'll, rarely, he'll just he'll do more he's just disappointed as opposed to angry, you know, like just a disappointed right. dad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was say great point. Yeah, it's almost like a disappointed dad when he's talking about you know the Knicks, uh, you know, playing with no fire and no desire. You know, we've right. that plenty, right. definitely over the last twenty years. With Jeff, it would be a lot more uh, like a coach who's like these guys aren't playing hard. That you got to take guys out when they don't play uh, the right way. So that would be a very interesting element to the MSG broadcast that we have not had. I mean, Marv Albert was essentially fired because he was too critical. Of the team and that's a play-by-play analyst who like you know who's only making you know comments here or there when the knicks aren't playing well like imagine if like, you have a color analyst who he's actually analyzing the game and he's breaking down things they're not doing well it would be a, a, a definitely a different kind of deal i i tend to feel like the jeff van gundy dolan thing probably is cooled at this point i mean van gundy i think was there when they owned the 99 team uh i want to say i don't know how long ago maybe five six years ago because they have that infamous picture of him with the jacket and he's saying, well, guys, it's a pretty funny picture. Um, and, and he, and he's, he's spoken well of Dolan and the Knicks in the recent years. Uh, of course he's been up for jobs there. So, so he probably made sense for him to speak well of the organization. So I, I would hope that things have, have cooled between those guys. There isn't a, a beef that's long standing, though. Dolan's one to hold a grudge. So I guess we'll have to see how that goes, but I, I would love this. Um, I said it when, this thing broke down with uh, Jeff Van Gundy first and then eventually Mark Jackson. I thought that Jeff Van Gundy should be the, the future, you know, replacement for Walt Clyde Fridge whenever he decides to eventually step away. If you can make this a three-man booth and know that's your three-man booth for Knicks games, I mean, that becomes like, I mean, that becomes almost must-watch television for teams outside of people who watch Knicks. I think teams, people who maybe have their own home broadcasts, or, or and they don't live in their their local networks. I think on League Pass they'll turn on the Knicks broadcast and want to hear just Breen, uh, Mike Van, uh, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson going back and forth. So I will be I will be all for this. Um, yeah, I definitely have been more of a Breen, a Van Gundy guy than a Jackson guy, but I think Jackson would be really good too. I think the fact that he has New York roots, the fact that he grew up in New York City, played for the Knicks as well. I, I think it would be a unique twist to see them as a three man team like focusing in on one team because they're, they're so used to being national guys where they're kind of just talking about various different people. But I like, I would, I would, I, <laughs> I, I would, I would be just like, I would be amazed to see how that worked. We got a special guest on the pod today. Hey, hey. what's up? Little, what's up? Little Tommy. It's little Tommy. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? I didn't know I, he'd be on camera. This is your, this is your debut. Are you going to get shy on me? Um, young, young Tommy making a debut in the last week of Orange and Blue Bloods with Tommy Beer. Love it. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite player? He, li- he likes the color of the king, LeBron James. Oh, LeBron James. Who else? I mean, who else doesn't love the king? And Kobe. And this guy. This guy. Patrick Ewing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go downstairs and play. I'll be down in a minute. Oh man, shout out to shout out to Young Tommy. That is a special guest appearance right there. <laughs> you don't get that on any other Nick podcast. No, I don't think you special get it. Yeah, I don't think you get too many of those. Kobe, LeBron, Patrick Ewing. I mean, you can't get can't be wrong with any of those guys being your favorite. Yeah, sure. yeah. He has a uh, book with like those guys. Um, 
you know, for each letter, like A is Captain America for cream and M is for magic. The oh, I still, I, you know me. I would love that because I'm a superhero. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, the crazy thing is one of the guys, you know, it's um, LeBron and Kobe and Wilt and Shaq and, you know, Dwayne Wade is Flash. Um, what other stuff? The crazy thing, one of the S is for Ben Simmons. Um, just to go show you how far, like, Ben Simmons has fallen. Wow, since that, he was, he was considered one of the superheroes. Old. He was like a guy, like, for a minute. Like, people That's thought he crazy. was going to be the, the next dude, you know. Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons, I mean, his career track is kind of crazy. I mean, there was a time where you thought that he was maybe the future of the NBA. And yeah. you sit here now, and, like, he's basically fighting for his NBA career, it sounds like. By the way, now we know we're off the rails real quick, but I do have a question for you on this. Do you hear that he's going to be playing point guard this year for the Nets? That was the that was the word? Uh, listen, he just needs to play, period. Like, you know, yeah. don't worry about what he plays and how he plays is get him on the court, you know, for, for 20 straight games and, you know, you know, for a couple months, um, see that he has his legs underneath him because um, the Nets are, are, you know, they, I think they're really going to be happy with that Kevin Durant trade. I think that was a really, really fortunate, able, you know, way for them to reboot the franchise. Mikhail Bridges is a stud. Um, one of yeah. the best, you know, we talk about Brunson's contract, you know, Bridges is arguably, um, you know, if not one in one day, best contracts in the NBA, you know, 25, 26 million dollars a year for the next three years um, until he leaves yeah. Brooklyn and comes to Manhattan. Um, <laughs> uh, when he gets I tell you what, and, the, the, all the Josh Hart tweets, I think that that is something that they're definitely trying to work on, it seems like. De definitely. It seems like it's only a matter of time. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Net fans hate it when they flirt on, on, on Twitter back and forth, him and, and Brunson and, and, and uh, Josh Harden and those guys. So, uh, but especially with DiVincenzo now in the mix and, and Arch back yeah. in New York, um, you know, we'll see if it's uh, a matter of time before they get a full Villanova starting five. Yeah. On the, on the Van Gundy Jackson front, do you think that this ends up happening? Do you think that they, cause it, it, it's it's hard to believe still like, like yes. it's something we i mean we talked about it a lot like uh, not just us but a lot of nick fans when this thing happens like, yes. wouldn't it be great like these are two guys that are you know true with true nick's roots that like are some of the best in the business at this job like it would be great and dolan that has endless money because the other thing would be well, can you afford them dolan can afford anything so like in theory like this would be amazing but like do you think it, it will actually happen because it sounds almost unbelievable yeah i don't think so i can get any See, you know, does three games when they do a West Coast trip, and Van Gundy meets him in Houston. You know, when 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 they when they go play the Rockets. You know, maybe they get together for a goof um, for one game in OKC. You know, just something like that in Chicago, New York. They're both in town for something. They both with the Garden and they sex the, you know, uh, Clyde as well. Um, I, I I I think honestly the biggest issue is probably money. Um, yeah. You know, the, the 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 they would have to take such a massive you know, pay cut um, to, to work for the Knicks going from ABC, you know, nationally televised games. Um, I don't know what they were making, but it, it was a lot more than they were paying Alan Hahn or Wally Zerbiak to fill in for, for a couple games on a Yeah, it's got to be millions. That. It's got to be, it's got to be millions they were making. At, at least, at, at least. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, do they have, you know, as we know, you know, drove a, a Honda a Honda Accord, you know, during his whole time when he was making millions coach the Knicks. So he's not a yeah. not a guy that's, you know, obviously know the dresses and, you know, just the way he handles himself. He's not, you yeah. wouldn't think that, that would be a deal breaker. He'd have more than enough money bank now. 
Um, you know, but again, I don't think they want to commit to uh, a full, you know, 41 game schedule. Um, again, I right. think doing it part time, filling in here and there, um, because, you know, once you lower your, you know, I'm sure their agents, et cetera, would lower your, your price point to such a point where if TNT makes an offer, they say, OK, we'll pay you twice as much as MSG is paying you. But that's 10 percent of what AP was paying. So um, financials, I think, are, are where it gets tricky, again, unless they wanted to do just kind of a favor to Breen for the goof. They're bored. They're looking to get their name back in there. They want to talk some hoops because they haven't got another job. The other option is they could be gobbled up by TNT, um, you know, yeah. or, you know, does Apple TV, when they get a new you know, deal, bring those guys back together and kind of have them on retainer for a season. Um, even if they did get a TNT TV, they'd be cool with something in the contract that says, I want to work four games a year uh, with Breen on MSG. Yeah. I think the Breen angle really helps the, you know, the makes it seem like it's feasible um, because they could, you know, it, it would, it's justifiable to kind of do it as a favor to your buddy and just, you know, work with a, a friend that you, that you enjoy spending time with. Yeah, it's it, it, and I would be curious in terms of the parameters of their ESPN contract. Are there kind of non competes where you know can they can they actually go to a national network and still get paid by ESPN? Like I would wonder because when I thought about when I heard that this is a thing, I'm like I'm wondering if for them they're like, look, we could do, we can get paid our full salary ESPN for however many however long right. that is if it's a year or two years. Right. And if there's no there's a non compete for local games, the Breen does local games. So I'm assuming they can maybe do local games. Is, hey, we could do local, get a get some Trump changes doing that while we're waiting for our ESPN deal to expire, and then we go to Apple, we go to NBC, or we go to TNT, whatever the new landscape is once the you know new TV deal gets done. That that I think is probably why this is even a thing. Like I don't think this is possible if like they have full non competes and they can just uh, uh excuse me they don't have a non compete and they can just go to TNT. I think that they would have been signed already because you would think that TNT getting Jeff and Stan together would be like a thing you would do in a millisecond, you would think. I don't know how good it would be for TV in terms of like know, if it'd be a good broadcast, but I think right. just in terms of the idea and just like the headlines it would create, you you have to it would try draw it. a lot of interest. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd have to at least try it. So the fact that that hasn't been done yet tells me that there's maybe a deal where like they can just collect this money from ESPN until the it expires, and that might be why they're doing this. Yeah, uh, you know, I guess we we assume we'd hear something soon. Um, but I think, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of good points in terms of contractual language and, and et cetera that we just are not privy to. Um, but, um, you know, again, season starts sooner sooner than you think. So, yeah, um, it's also something that they can see. Maybe it's, you know, ESPN through December 31st. And they, you know, we find in early too. January where they're going to hop on. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the news of Mark Jackson and JVG apparently being in the polls for potential MSG games. Very, very interesting development there. But that's going to do it for this edition of Orange Blue Bus. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Of course, if you enjoyed this episode, you can catch all of our episodes, all our episodes, wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Be sure to hit the auto download feature on your streaming service to get these episodes every time we drop. Also, be sure, be sure to check us out on YouTube. You can find us on the WFN channel um, where we post not just the full clips, but uh, segments from the show on WFN's YouTube channel. So make sure you uh, find us there. Tommy, let people know they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter. You can follow me, EJ underscore Stewart on Twitter, Action EJ on Instagram. We have one more episode with this duo of Tommy Beer and EJ Stewart together. So make sure you check out the final episode coming up later this week. We'll drop that at uh, some point later this week. We'll let you guys know that drops. But um, thank you guys again so much for checking out this episode. For Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace. Peace.